the way we consume and share news today it is largely rooted in social media. Oh, that's a reason why we decided it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues or trends for our daily social media minute. We're joined by Yerika. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I've got to say, your efforts to match your face mask with your outfit is on point. <laughs> we just don't take the time anymore. Um, unwittingly so. No. I'm just too tired in the morning. <laughs> Head to toe green. Head to toe green, yeah. folks. It's my favorite color. <laughs> Me FYI. too. Yeah? Yes. Oh. You know what they say, right? Great minds. They think a lot. Oh, that explains something that you yeah. gave me recently. What did I give you? <laughs> <laughs> Mystery. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Actually, maybe it's an appropriate uh, timing that you're dressed in green to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I guess a green concern. Um, these environmental peculiarities, mm-hmm. so to speak. I mean, it's safe for us to assume most of the times a climate crisis has to do with it. Uh, yeah. We don't have a definite answer as to why this is happening, but Changwon coastal waters inundated with a dead adolescent herring. 100 tons of it, as it does Yeah, 100 tons of dead herring have been found near the coastline of the southeastern port city of Changwon on multiple occasions since last Friday. Mm. And uh, the incidents have prompted the city government to launch an investigation. Mm. Authorities say, like you said, the dead herring discovered so far amount to roughly 100 tons. Mm. Now, this peculiar incident or incidents at Masan Bay first started on September 30th. Mm. At the time, authorities received a report of countless numbers of dead fish floating near a filming site for a mm. TV show mm. near the coast. Uh, authorities received similar reports on October 1st and 2nd. If you've seen the pictures of it, it's, it's hard to fathom. It looks rather apocalyptic. You know what? At first, I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is that? Just w- w- water. What, is that the beach? What is that? Is that mm, sand? Right, Just, right. There were so many dead fish. And they're, they're, right. they're juvenile fish, too. They're so really, really small. So it's really hard to make out the individual fish that's, just by looking at the photos. That's how many there from were. from afar. But you're yep. right. It creates sort of this like blanket yes. over the waterers. I, I do wonder, is it only herring that were found dead in masses, not other species of yes, fish? Yes, that's what makes the incident so peculiar. Uh, they found it strange that juvenile fish of one particular species were repeatedly found in different locations around the same area. Uh, an official from the Maritime Harbor and Fisheries Bureau said the latest case doesn't look like a typical example of large numbers of fish dying, which they have seen before. Mm-hmm. Now, the National Institute of Fisheries Science began an on-site inspection on Tuesday. Uh, Taiwan Mayor Hong Nam-pyo also visited the site on Monday uh, and urged the city government's uh, Fishery Bureau officials to find the exact cause of this uh, Mm. puzzling incident. Now, there are a few speculations on why this might be happening, Mm. including a sudden change in seawater temperature Mm -hmm. or even maritime pollution. Uh, The city authorities have sent samples of the fish to a lab for closer inspection. Okay, so clearly more investigations are needed to figure out exactly the root cause, but the fact that they are all juvenile fish might be a good place to start answering some of those questions. Could it be that the fish were maybe secretly dumped by a source? You know what? That is one possibility the authorities are not ruling out at this point. Masan Bay previously saw mass amounts of dead fish in the sea, once back in 2009 and once in 2012, but both incidents saw a variety of species mm. die, including flathead mullets and gizzard shads, mm. not just one species like in this case. Mm. Um, some 200 fishermen and officials from the city government have been cleaning up the waters. Apparently it stinks around the area. 
area. And uh, they've been cleaning up for more than three days. It's such a waste. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It it's yeah. raises a lot of red flags for us. Um, eventually, when they try to analyze what mm-hmm. went wrong and we figure out some answers. Yeah. We'll share with our listeners. Yes. Uh, it's tough to talk about something where we know so little detail as to what caused it, right? You know what? Uh, as a foodie, I was concerned reading this article because mm. I, I read that uh, the, the herring, the, the fish, yeah. is back around the waters of Korea. Uh, and, and now so many have died. Apparently. And does that mean we don't get to see this fish uh, on our dinner table? I don't know. <laughs> as a foodie. Yeah, as a foodie. It just sounds so wasteful yep. from where I stand. Anyway, mm. there you have it. Let's move on to our second buzzword of the day. Yes. It's Nobel Prize Month. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it usually comes in intervals. And what's exciting about this latest headline is that <laughs> three people are named in, in, in the category of chemistry. Yes. And one of the recipients happens to be a two-time now Nobel Prize winner. That's right. Uh, the 2022 Nobel Prize in Chemistry has been awarded to three scientists whose work uh, harnessed the power of molecular interaction. And uh, these scientists introduced new, unobtrusive ways of studying the natural world. Uh, their names are Carolyn Bertozzi of Stanford University, Morton Meldahl of the University of Copenhagen, and Barry Sharpless of Scripps Research Institute. And uh, they share the prize, which honors the scientists' independent research that resulted in the development of what is known as click chemistry mm. and bioorthogonal chemistry. Not going to get into too much detail about what that we just is. Don't have time for no. It. But uh, Barry Sharpless is now only the fifth person ever to win a second. Nobel Prize. He received his first chemistry prize in 2001, two mm-hmm. decades ago, for his work on chirally catalyzed oxidation reactions. There's a reason why we're sidestepping this, because there's no simple way for us to explain. I really tried. I, I went online. <laughs> I tried <laughs> to too. type in, uh, what was it? Simple explanation click for chemistry. chemistry, but there was no simple <laughs> explanation. So I'm like, you know what? People can look it up. You can yeah. absolutely look it up. The power of the internet. If yes. you're a specialist in chemistry, do let us know. I'm yes. not going to even pretend <laughs> But it is certainly an interesting headline how unusual it is for a single person to receive two Nobel Prizes. Mm -hmm. I mean, now he shares, Barry Sharpless, uh, the ranks of Marie Curie. I do wonder who are the other four winners who have two Nobel Prizes uh, in their name. Well, one is Marie Curie, who Mm. is, uh, you know, touted as the mother of modern physics. She was the first woman ever to win not one but two Mm -hmm. Nobel Prizes for her discoveries in physics and chemistry. Uh, The first prize she won in 1902. Uh, She was awarded the Nobel Prize in Physics, along with her husband, Pierre Curie, and French physicist Antoine-Henri Becquerel for their research into spontaneous radiation. A second Nobel Prize followed in 1911, eight years later for chemistry, when she was honored alone for her work on radioactivity. And there you have it. Uh, There's three others that share in the 100-year history of Nobel, two prizes. Uh, Another is Linus Pauling, who is the only person to have been awarded two unshared Nobel Prizes, uh, the 1954 Nobel Prize in Chemistry and the 1962 Nobel 
Peace Prize. Uh, the American chemist posited that huge doses of vitamin C can ward off the common cold. Who knew yep. that the discovery is relatively recent? Exactly. If you think about it in the grand spectrum yep. of human history and the fact that he won the Nobel Prize in chemistry and then the Peace Prize? Peace Prize. Okay, so yep. my mind is being blown. <laughs> on to the next. <laughs> uh, and then there is John Bardeen, who is a U.S. engineer. Uh, he shared the Nobel Prize in physics twice. Uh, in 1956, he and two colleagues at Bell Labs, uh, William Shockley and Walter Bertain, won for inventing the transistor, which revolutionized the field of electronics. The transistor, by the way, led to smaller and cheaper radios, calculators, <laughs> and computers, among other objects. In 1972, he picked up his second Nobel Prize for developing the BSC theory of mm. superconductivity with fellow American physicists Leon Cooper and John Robert Scriffer. I might be able to argue that without Mr. John Bardeen, we might not have Arirang Radio's Good Morning you know Soul That's Social Media Minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the last. Who yeah. else has had two Nobel Prizes in their life? So uh, another one is British biochemist Frederick Sanger. He was the only person to win the chemistry Nobel Prize twice until recently mm. when uh, Barry Sharpless, Mr. Barry Sharpless, won his second uh, mm. award, a prize. Sanger was the sole winner of the prize in 1958 for his work on the structure of proteins, notably insulin. And uh, he shared his second Nobel Prize in 1980 with Paul Berg and Walter Gilbert of the United States for pioneering developments in DNA sequencing that, of course, we're still using today. There you have it. Yep. Who knew? Yep. I thought a one-time deal was good enough, but no, you keep going until and, you win uh, two. You know, and we talk about their achievements and we're nodding our heads. They're all recognizable. It yeah. affects our lives. It really does. Yep. It betters our lives, it seems. Yep. And so there, if your mind is not blown this morning, I'm not quite <laughs> sure what will. And now to balance it out with something really gossipy. We, you know what? I really tried to veer away <laughs> from uh, celebrity gossip. But uh, this has been all over the news uh, in the last 24 hours. It's the nature of celebrity gossip. Yeah. And in, some might argue that also helps their careers at times, too. So you win some, you lose some. And because this is such a high-profile yeah. celebrity couple out of Hollywood, you can only imagine Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Yeah, we recently talked about Brad Pitt. What was it, two weeks ago? How he's a sculptor ex- now. And uh, he yeah. had his first exhibition in Finland yeah. and uh, how he became a sculptor. It was a healing process for him. Well, anyways, more ugly details of Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's former marriage are emerging. So Angelina Jolie has filed court papers accusing Brad Pitt of drunkenly attacking her and their children during a private plane flight back in September of 2016. Mm. And she says the incident was what prompted her to file for divorce. Mm. Now, in a lawsuit over a French winery that the two two stars bought together, uh, Jolie says Pitt grabbed her by the head attacked with their children on the trip. Uh, Pitt allegedly also verbally abused and poured alcohol on his family during the flight from France to Los Angeles. That's right. He poured alcohol, allegedly Mm. poured alcohol on her and the children. And uh, Brad Pitt has so far denied all of these allegations. So Angela Jolie's claim of abusive behavior, Brad Pitt, on this 2016 flight is nothing new. It's been a pretty tense tug of war between the two and emerged in previous court papers, including the couple's divorce settlement. Yes. The incident was investigated back in 2016 by the FBI, but authorities at the time decided not to press 
press charges. Last year, a judge awarded joint custody of the children to both parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new details alleged in Tuesday's filing by Jolie's legal team is part of this ongoing mm-hmm. lawsuit over a vineyard and a home, uh, Chateau Miraval, in the south of France that the couple bought together a few years ago. And uh, Pitt has sued Jolie. Mm. He claims that her decision to sell her stake in the estate to a Russian oligarch amounted to an attempt to undermine his investment and cause gratuitous harm to Pitt. That's kind of nasty. Yeah, and Jolie's lawyers say in their filing that Mm. her decision to sell her stake in the venture was in part due to her growing concern Mm. to participate in an alcohol-related business, given the impact of Pitt's acknowledged problem of alcohol abuse on their family. Because according to a New York Times report, Brad Pitt joined Alcoholics Anonymous following his split from Angelina Jolie. Uh, I guess my my big problem with these stories is that it it does get really heated online as to who did more wrong. Mm -hmm. And and there's really no way of knowing the delicacies of one person's relationship with many, many children they share so much memories and they share so many assets yes but yes this is entertainment after all uh it's most unfortunate that it's kind of their dirty laundry being aired to everybody yeah, else exactly too. to the point that we're talking about it i, I don't know i, I, on feel, the show this morning. I, I feel like ki- kindness goes a long way yeah. maybe less judgment the tone in which we mm-hmm. deliver these messages that might be a good place to start yeah. they're humans after all yes all right, leaving it there for now, Erica. I know it, it made you so uncomfortable delivering the last story, <laughs> but thank you for covering all grounds. I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.